Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Silvatis podcast. I'm really excited this week because I've got Khaled Maidan from Clinical Physio joining me. And the reason why I'm excited is because I'm genuinely a user of the web-based learning platform that they provide, and I have been using it for years. And so it's been in the back of my mind to get Khaled and Jack or either one of them onto the podcast to talk about sort of the kind of work that they do and, and how quickly it's grown and how much I've enjoyed that experience. So thank you so much for joining me today, Khaled. Oh, Sylvan, it's an absolute pleasure. And more than anything, thank you so much for inviting us on to your channel. It's, uh, it's, it's fantastic to see you guys doing some great stuff too. Thanks. And I really did mean that. I've genuinely been using your sort of web-based learning for a couple of years now since I was a band five. And to, to see how it's grown and the topics and, and the people that you have involved now has just been, I mean, it looks like it's just grown out of nowhere overnight, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it. And so I want to ask you about that soon. Yeah. But can you tell me sort of a bit about your background and how you came up with the idea? Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. Um, so I graduated as a physiotherapist in 2008. And I very specifically remember trying to go on courses, uh, postgraduate courses, not not um, not educational university based, but just general evening seminars, weekend courses to try and learn more about musculoskeletal physiotherapy, which I suppose was always my uh, the area that I most enjoyed. And I always remember going on a couple of different courses and thinking to myself, do you know what? I'm not really sure that this is at the right level for me. This all seems very senior. It all seems very specialist. I'm just a little, you know, junior. I only graduated less than six months ago. And it felt as if everything was uh, going over my head, felt as if it was too in-depth for me. So I remember speaking to um, Jack, who you mentioned a second ago, who's one of my business partners, and also Phil, who's, who's another business partner, about one day we should really do something that's more aligned for student and junior clinicians, because they will be learning or need to learn different things to someone more senior. And that's kind of where clinical physio came from, the idea of doing something which was more specific towards junior and student clinicians that they felt that they could own and they felt was at the right level for them. They felt they were confident in being able to use it because it was at the right level for them. Um, so after, after um, doing what most junior physiotherapists do in that they do rotations in the NHS where they do respiratory physio and orthopedics physio and neurology physio and uh, so on and so forth, I started specializing in musculoskeletal physio, which as I said, was probably always what I wanted to do in 2013 and then uh, kept going with MSK ever since. Uh, and how clinical physio kind of blended into that was that we started doing some YouTube videos um, around about 2015 or so. Um, and we, we, it took quite a long while to do all of those because there was quite a lot to cover. Um, and, and naturally, we had to edit them all, which obviously, Sylvan, you know all about because you do I know the of pain editing of editing. <laughs> so, um, so then we finally kind of got those up. And then 
I think it was then when it was end of 2019 that I went back to the thought of, hang on a minute, why did I do this in the first place? It was to generate courses that people felt comfortable with and people felt was at the right level for them. So end of 2019, started doing face-to-face -face courses, starting to get really popular. Then COVID hit. So then we had to do things online. And uh, I think that was kind of, it was kind of a, a moment that we really started growing because um, people really needed us at that time. And we, we, we kind of got our heads together and thought, right, we, we, we really actually need to be able to help people now because they don't have online resources that they want. This is what we said we were going to do the whole time. And so um, I, I suppose, thankfully, it's kind of kept growing from there. We're still going to be doing face-to-face -face courses uh, start of 2022 and beyond. And um, yeah, we're just going to try and keep pushing it as much as we can. Yeah, and it's amazing because I only learned about it because I work in a physiotherapy department okay. and, and surrounded by physios. And they were all talking about the courses and the, the oh, online wow. learning <laughs> that you, you, you were offering. And what struck me was at least, and, and I know you still do that to a certain degree now, but they were free. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, so we were, I think that was, that was you, you've hit the nail on the head that when it came to the beginning of COVID, so in the UK, March 2020 is probably when it really all kicked off universities were suddenly very suddenly having to work out how are we going to do this teaching online and obviously as a teacher and lecturer yourself Sylvan you'd, you'd know that and um, so we thought right we really need to step up and so at the beginning we we started just doing some online tutorials on Instagram um, because again we wanted to do something free we, we genuinely wanted to try and help out Instagram was great, but it's not the most professional platform for teaching. It's all done by your, the camera on your phone, so it's not the biggest quality. So then we moved on to a different software where we felt, right, we're doing something more professional here. And then we started doing free stuff. And then people were, you know, were saying to us, we want more, we want bigger. So we said, okay, we'll start doing something that's a proper platform that, that's, um, that, that's of real quality. And uh, yeah, we kind of went from there. Because I remember logging into the very early days. I mean, I, when I discovered you was around sort of when the pandemic hit and we all okay. locked down and, and I saw like a couple of hundred people. And then every time I'd log in for another one, it was hundreds and hundreds more wow. to the point now where it's, it's grown so much. And it obviously looks like this overnight success, success rather to me, but I know there's been a lot more work behind that. What sort of drives you to keep going and make it bigger because you do cover such an array of topics in terms of musculoskeletal um, physiotherapy. I wouldn't even say physiotherapy, it's just MSK stuff. And that's why it's so, for me, it's just been so applicable to, to me as an osteopath because I don't see that distinction as much. Thank you. That That's really kind of you to say. And, um, and thank you so much for all your support that you've given us in the last you know, 12 to 18 months. I think, um, when you say what drives you, I think it comes back to, I think it comes back to something that isn't just applicable to physiotherapy education or osteopathy education. I think it's probably something that is, um, that, that is relevant to everything in life, which is that the more you add value to someone else, the more valuable you become. And I think that with us, we, as you said, we got to the stage where we, we were receiving really 
messages that we were incredibly grateful for where people were saying this is really helping we're so grateful for what you're doing this is really good stuff i've been telling my friends because i've been really enjoying it and they've been really enjoying it i think when you get to that stage you really have a uh, you have a duty to keep giving people that value because they've you know they they've really entered into your world and 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 i suppose that can be on a group or a, a larger basis like we're doing with clinical physio but as an osteopath as a physiotherapist you're giving real value to people by doing your treatment with them when they come and see you by listening to them by engaging with them by appreciating what their goals are that's how you're adding real value to everything you do and i, I think that's just something that we've always maintained that we need to do in order to create something that people genuinely want and need. So um, hopefully that's a, a mantra for, for anyone watching, no matter what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. And such a testament to the work that you all do in your team. And speaking of which, I know you've expanded your team exponentially as time has yeah. gone on. What kind of areas are you covering um, within the whole spectrum? Because there's so much within MSK itself. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I'll, I'll come back and focus on MSK um, because, of course, as being an osteopath and with your audience um, being involved in osteopathy, that's probably what they'll relate to the most. Um, within physiotherapy, when someone studies a physio degree, they will need to cover neurology in terms of patients who might have had a stroke or cerebral palsy or Parkinson's disease and um, patients with respiratory problems, COPD, asthma, or people who have pneumonia in hospital, um, people who are work, who are patients with orthopedics where they've had a fracture or they've had a relevant surgery or um, pediatrics or the community or pelvic health. So there's so much, there's such a wide variety of, of physio to cover. And being MSK um, based ourselves, I suppose, as the people who started clinical physio, we realized that if we wanted more quality, we needed to bring people who were more quality in teaching those subjects rather than us. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we looked to bring in people who specialized in respiratory and neurology and pediatrics to be able to offer that kind of teaching to people. So when it comes back to musculoskeletal, um, as as I said a, a little bit earlier, that's probably my bag that I enjoy the most. So um, the kind of stuff that we do within our MSK teaching focuses around um, diagnosis as one point. So we we do tutorials basic uh, specifically on um, differential diagnosis in different areas of the body. Exercise prescription is naturally a big part of physiotherapy, as 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 I know that it will be for you as an osteopath too. So um, so we've done stuff on that. Um, and then I suppose it comes down to different conditions, whether it be spinal surgery or shoulder um, uh, shoulder treatments or whether it be ACL injuries or whether it be lateral hip pain or whether it be tendinopathies. Um, so stuff that I suppose is more is more topical based on on different conditions. Um, as you said, there's there's so much to cover. So we we try and do the best we can to make sure we can try and hit every spot. Absolutely. And as your audience has grown, where do you find inspiration to cover different topics or new material? Sure. I think it's, it, it's something that our audience do um, inspire us a lot with. So we'll naturally get messages from people saying, oh, can you give us something on this? Or um, we've been covering this, but we can't find a resource for it. Or 
um, even when you're speaking to people who have graduated and you might say to them, what did you struggle with? And they say, oh, I, I, I found it really difficult to learn this. Right, let's try and see if we can um, create a quality resource on this. Um, and so I think that that's something that, uh, I suppose, again, it comes to that mantra of where can you add value, whether you're a, someone who's got a, an online platform or where you're an osteopath sitting in front of a patient who has whatever symptoms they have, where you can add value allow can hopefully shape things for you and if it means that you can go in the direction that you know you're going to be confident that it's going to work because someone wants it someone needs it then then happy days yeah and you mentioned a couple of things earlier you talked about the rotations that you normally do as a physiotherapy student and that's definitely something that you wouldn't you wouldn't do as an osteopath in training um and i'm I've been a bit more exposed to because I work along physiotherapists in the NHS now. And so that's been really interesting to understand how that's developed and, Mm -hmm. and how that influences and contributes to your learning and then how you deliver your treatments as well. And that, I think for me, that's been one of the most interesting things is because I've not been exposed as much in the Mm -hmm. same way to sort of respiratory. And so watching some of the webinars on respiratory has been really interesting for me, just not as a practitioner, but just as a general understanding basis. Sure. And, and there was another thing that you mentioned earlier that you said, you know, you really felt that there was this need from a junior physiotherapist and yeah for those people who aren't familiar um a junior physiotherapist would be like a band five equivalent is that right spot on yeah or like from a student perspective and i mean i've been a couple of years graduate and i still watch them i still watch your videos that's very kind and so i appreciate that sort of the target that you're probably looking at but i think mm. it's so applicable to even people who have been in practice for a while because that's you very forget kind. things yeah absolutely that's very kind of you're probably not the first person who said that to us um and it's it's it is naturally hard to get the balance between the two because i mean even with in osteopathy if you're a first year osteopathy student or you're qualified two years you're still within a junior type spectrum aren't you and and um and the the learning that you will do will vary greatly between first year osteopath two years qualified osteopath or perhaps beyond but we need to try and work out something that equates to everyone um going back to your um to to your question about different areas of physio um and and things like that the the idea is that you certainly in uk universities you study and understand practice in all areas msk neurology respiratory orthopedics and i think one of the key reasons is that even working in a musculoskeletal environment like yourself you never know when someone's going to come in who is seen as an msk patient but they've got parkinson's disease or they're an msk patient and their foot's really swollen it's really red and you ask them about their past medical history and they say oh they've got cardiovascular disease and you think right that's probably one reason that it's red and swollen it's probably not because they've had a fracture there so I suppose is you you said the word understanding, Sylvan, and I think that that makes total sense. That having an understanding of a couple of different things in all those areas can help bring everything together. Even if you're not, especially I'm not a specialist in neurology or respiratory, but having a little bit of an understanding in those areas helps me within my musculoskeletal practice. So um, you you will find that people, um, as you said, will study different areas, even if 
they uh, think that in the future they might want to specialize in one particular area. Absolutely. And such a reflection on how both how different and how both both different and similar you know training in physiotherapy and, and osteopathy is and we'll yeah, talk sure. a bit more about that on your podcast but and I'm excited to talk about that but it really is a reflection on how many different areas that you would cover as a student yeah and how interrelated a musculoskeletal presentation will be but intertwined with past metal history cardio like you know all those things and that suddenly that yeah. suddenly something you do as an osteopath in training and it's just nice it's just interesting to hear that from a different perspective Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and one of the things that you've developed that I saw happening um, uh, uh, recently was that you're now offering this membership based platform. I wonder if you can tell me a bit more about that and what that entails. Thank you very much. We'd be delighted to. So we, as you alluded to earlier, we, and we still do, um, we still do uh, educational sessions for free. But otherwise, if people want to watch any of our paid webinars, then in the past, they will have uh, registered and paid for that individual webinar, um, which uh, might come with a seven day replay, for example. But more and more people were saying to us a couple of things. Number one, they wanted to access things from before. They wanted to access things that we had done last year, things that we had done six months ago, because they may not have been familiar with clinical physio at that time, or they may not have known about it. The other thing that they were saying is they were seeing, they were asking us, is there any way that we could uh, group all of this together in one subscription bundle? And so we have for so long thought about how can we do this? This is what people want from us, but how can we actually deliver it in a way that is going to be good enough to qualify for a subscription that we can, again, genuinely offer for people with value. So we came up with the membership platform. So within our membership platform, uh, if someone um, wants to uh, get a clinical physio membership, uh, the premium clinical physio membership, for example, allows them to access on a monthly subscription basis all of the live webinars that we will continue to do in the future, as well as all the webinars that we have done in the past and all those webinars that we have done in the past, they can watch any day, anytime, uh, because they are on demand, as we would say. Um, and then when they watch a live webinar, we then convert that the very next day to an on-demand webinar so that again, they've got that stored in the future so that if they want to come back to it anytime they can rather than just having a seven day replay so um that's how the, the the webinars fit in we offer things on the side of that like uh, we've started a clinical physio podcast similar to the great podcast that you do sylvan um whereby the episodes are uh, aiming to just as i suppose catch things around the edges um like osteopathy for example you know a great topic that lots of physios don't know as much about um and uh, other things as well like some written articles etc cetera, etc cetera. but i suppose that the, the nuts and bolts of it the key thing is that we realized that people wanted everything under one roof they wanted a one-stop shop for everything for that they um needed and they were hoping for that on a subscription basis so we were we were very grateful and, and very proud to be able to bring that because uh, it was something that people have been asking us for a long time so 
Therefore, um, it's all at member.clinicalphysio.com. No www, just member.clinicalphysio.com. And that's how people um, can find out about the membership if they were interested. And I'll certainly put a link in the description box below so people can find that easily. And I will Very just kind. say, this has not been endorsed by you or anything. Oh, I still you. like, you know, I still pay for occasionally on the occasional um, webinar that I'm interested in. In fact, I listened to one, I think last week that you had on neuromuscular conditions and that was great. Um, so just so people don't think I'm like getting like the Netflix equivalent for students for free or anything. <laughs> no, and, and once again, that's so kind of you, Sylvan. We, we really appreciate your support. And I, I think it's 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 really opened our eyes that you know someone in a different field altogether like osteopathy um has been able to benefit so yeah thank you so much for your support really appreciate it I mean you're the ones doing all the hard work I just sit there with, <laughs> with my notepad and a, a couple of snacks and that's the great thing about it is is and I really do like the the ability that you have that seven day replay because often there are times where I'm not able to get to it at a certain time on that day because of work or other commitments and it's just been nice to know it's like okay I don't have to rush home or I can stop and start it whenever I want and just make notes and review things and that's been that's been such a revelation in a way and it really does feel like Netflix for students in a way um that's very kind that's what that's what we try that's what we're trying to do i suppose yeah and one of the things that you do really well is social media i mean oh, i sure. followed you on instagram and i'm still convinced you need to get on tiktok i don't know if you are already <laughs> oh um, we've got a do you know what we've got a couple of tiktok videos but it's it's uh I'm, I'm just trying to find the account now um it's by far not as um frequent in the uh, as our instagram account is <laughs> that's what are you on tiktok I am. I am oh, on TikTok. How did I not know? Um, I don't think it's kind of like the, the 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 content that the kids are looking for on TikTok. It tends to be little episodes of the podcast on there. Cool. Um, so there's no like, I don't know, Megan Stallion dance stuff or anything sure. like that. Sure. Um, I'm going to get slated for saying Megan, Megan Lee Stallion wrong now. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that you do really well on Instagram is things like you update it pretty regularly. But you include things like, um, you know, links to what you're looking at, papers, you even do like little quizzes, which are always fun because sometimes I get them wrong. Um, <laughs> and then I think Carla's probably looking at this like, you should know better. Oh, um, not at all, not at all, not at all. Um, so how do you manage, because it sounds like it's a pretty big endeavor, you know, just clinical physio alone with life and work. And so like, how do you manage all of those different things whilst maintaining a regular life sure that's very kind silver I, I hope i can um i hope i can give some ideas here that can be equatable to anyone um rather than just to people who are trying to build a, a platform or something so the one of the key things i learned is to try not to multitask when you when our brains are challenge to do multitasking they have to switch off one light and switch on another light frequently and so you end up switching on so you try and switch on a quarter of that light a quarter of that light a quarter of that light and a quarter of that light and that doesn't make it brighter that just makes four lights which are a quarter bright and i think it's the same thing with relation to tasks that you're doing during the day so if you're trying to revise some anatomy and at the same time you're watching netflix and at the same time you're having your lunch and at the same time you're texting your friend who's asking what you're going to do on the weekend we 
our brain is not good enough at doing all those four things at once. And so we tend to get less quality and less stuff done. So uh, one task is try not to multitask, try and focus on one task until you complete it or set a deadline in terms of time for how long you're going to focus on that task. And when you've hit that deadline, either reevaluate, do I need to spend another 10 minutes or do I need to move on to something else and put that to one side? Because there are obviously some things that will need ongoing attention that you won't be able to finish in that in that time frame. Um, I think the other thing I'm a I'm a real list person. Uh, I tend to really like having lists of things that I need to do. If you do have a list, start with the thing that's most important on that list, get it done, because if it's the only thing you do that day, at least it's the most important thing you do that day. So if you're an osteopathy student and you need to revise some anatomy, but you also need to revise something on the hip in terms of some of the uh, treatments that you might give, but the anatomy is more important to you, at least if you get that done, then you can tick that box off and, and, and it makes life easier for you. And then I think that it's it's a real lesson in um, bringing other people in when you feel that you can't do it yourself. So, you know, definitely in terms of us, if I was trying to produce a, a webinar on something like neurology, that you mentioned the neuromuscular conditions webinar that, um, that our team member Liv created last week, it probably took her two days to write the presentation it probably would have taken me two months to write the presentation because her level of knowledge and understanding is so much better than mine and if that means you're an osteopathy student and you're thinking well how do I how can I revise three topics at once is there the opportunity for you to find two other friends who are equally motivated equally passionate about learning could you get together in a group could you ask each of you to prepare a little mini presentation on each of those topics but as a result you all benefit from learning from it so again i suppose it's an idea on um on working out if you can't do something alone is there a way that you can um help you can get the help of other people in order to make it better rather than keep pushing on yourself and it turns into something of uh, of lower quality so um hopefully those are a couple of tips that everyone can use Absolutely. And you talked about sort of like the multitasking, you know, really honing in and focusing on one thing. I wonder, I know it's been a while since you were a student. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> you graduated back, what, in 2008? That's it. So. That's it. Yeah. Was there anything that you did as a student, apart from the things I even already talked about, that really helped get you through your degree? Sure. Um, what do I, what, what helped? Um, I think practical sessions helped a lot, uh, particularly with osteopathy. There's going to be a lot of practical sessions, which are going to be really important. And sometimes we would ask some of our lecturers, um, is there a room free that we could just borrow it for an hour just to go and practice some stuff that we learned last week? I think that was really, really useful. Um, I, within within relation to anatomy, I was the guy who had who had um, created these mini posters of the foot or the knee or the shoulder and put them up on my wall because I think I was quite a visual person. Um, but I think that the the great thing in 2021, 2022 compared to 2008 is that there are a lot more digital resources that we can all access much more easily. Um, you know, just like your stuff, Sylvan, you know, the fact that people are able to access a, a, an osteopathy specific podcast resource is something that they probably wouldn't have been able to do with as much ease back in 2008. So if you find that you're a visual learner, go for the video learning. If you find that you're an 
audio person, go for the audio learning. If you feel that you're someone who benefits from learning with others, then could all of you sit down and watch that video together and get an understanding of it together? Um, those are perhaps some ideas that I hope can help some uh, osteopathy students who are listening. And I'm so glad you said, you know, go and practice. Sure. Yeah. Practice and keep practicing because it's yeah. something that I talk about. I was going to say, it must be something that you talk about with your students. It is. I mean, sometimes, you know, it works and sometimes it might fall on deaf ears and, and that's okay. And I get that, you know, like we're all busy and everything, but I'm so glad you reiterated it as well. <laughs> um, even coming from like a different background, because it is that practice, a lot of what we do is practically based. Definitely. And, and so, you know, putting your hands on people or talking to people and doing the actual technique is one of the foundations of what we both do. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder then with you, you mentioned sort of doing more in-person courses coming yeah. up next, next, next year, where do you see clinical physio going? Sure. Uh, I think we, one thing that's really incredibly interesting is that before 2020, I, would imagine that if I put a poll out to say to physio students, osteopathy students, qualified physios, qualified osteopaths, what do you prefer, online learning or face-to-face -face learning? I, if I was to imagine, I imagine it would be something in the region of 15% online, 85% face-to-face. Whereas now we've really seen people grow into online learning because of the fact that they can do it from home, if they have children, they can still manage all of that with children. If there's a replay involved, they can watch it again. Um, and, and of course, the fact that they can, they can more easily manage their life around them. They don't have to travel to go to the course. They don't have to wait until the course comes to London. So there's so many reasons that online learning has become so important. So we will definitely be continuing with online as well as doing individual webinars that might be an hour and a half or two hours on a specific topic. We're also going to be focusing on more specialist courses, which are online courses that might be six, seven, eight hours on that particular topic. So that as if someone was going to a face-to-face -face course, they would still be able to get the same level of detail on that topic. But I personally, and I'm sure you as, as well as an educator yourself, Sylvan, there's still something about face-to-face -face teaching that I think really clicks with me, not only because I hugely enjoy it, but I also do get to see the look in on people's faces when they say, oh, I get it now. That makes sense. Um, and I think that's something that I would miss incredibly if, uh, if I didn't do back to it. And plus we've, made so many friends over the last 18 months that we've not actually been able to meet you know even you know like yourself that we have not actually been able to 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 meet properly so that you know to be able to go out face to face and to meet those all those people that have uh, been a part of the clinical physio journey would be very grateful and very humbled so i think that we definitely look to do both um we definitely need to do more on some anatomy resources and we we've got an anatomy model that we use and we need to get more out of that so we're gonna um create an anatomy specific resource hopefully coming out very soon um and i think those are some of the key things on the horizon still a lot of work to do but um we're grateful that we're in a position to be able to do that 
I love it. And you really hit the head, the nail on the head there, whereby, you know, the online stuff is great and it's so easily accessible and flexible, but there is something about being in the same room as people, not because we're probably all touch style because of the pandemic, but because there is that interaction that you might not otherwise get. And Absolutely. that's one of the things, not just you, but all, all your team members do really well, because essentially it's just you talking into a camera or a mic and you've got a chat option like you know and I've seen yeah, that sure. quite often you always have a chat option for people to ask questions and things like that and so you do sort of have like a couple people there answering questions which is always great but there is something about seeing people and seeing their reactions yeah definitely you're, you're so right it, it's there's um when I started doing the courses before COVID hit and they were face-to-face courses and we were going to this university and that university etc cetera, etc cetera, you don't I don't think you quite um imagine or process just how enjoyable it will be until you get there and I think if you spoke to me in 2008 and you said to me the thing that you're going to enjoy the most in 2019 2020 2021 is doing face-to-face teaching with people I'd say really I thought it was that I would have enjoyed working with a football team or or something like that and so I suppose the advice there is that things change over time. But now when when I was most recently going on courses, and I've been lucky that I've been able to do some teaching recently, even within this COVID era, it's so enjoyable. Um, and I, hopefully the advice there for any osteopaths listening can be that whatever you find yourself doing right now, there still may well be loads of room to grow. You may find yourself like Sylvan and say, do you know what? I really enjoy creating this online platform. I'm going to do that. Or I really enjoy teaching. So I'm going to see if I can get an opportunity to do that more. Um, there's so much out there for all of us. So um, do what you can to make the best of it. Absolutely. And explore every opportunity because these opportunities come up and Absolutely. sometimes you just need to take the leap. I mean, I wouldn't have imagined myself teaching this soon. Um, sure when that opportunity came I was like okay sure let's do it and then thankfully you know I enjoy it and it's something that I I I can do um continuously and during sort of the pandemic I can still do that so uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier and I wanted to come back to was you know you had a lot of um physio students specifically asking you to cover certain things Mm. certain topics do you think that it was something sorry do you think there were topics that weren't necessarily covered in a lot of depth during training? Or is it something that, you know, you tend to do very quickly, you forget because you've got three other modules and an exam next next week coming in? I think it, I think, I think, I think you've probably got the right answer with both of those. I think that especially within, I, I'm I wonder if it's the same with osteopathy, but within physiotherapy learning it as a degree course or as a master's course there is so much to learn in in a, in a really short period of time and i think particularly during covid students weren't being able to go out on placement in order to connect the theory with what actually happens in practice and so with the team being more clinical based it allowed us to perhaps bring in a little bit of that clinical element into the teaching which I think was useful but I think the other side of things as you correctly um, pointed to that before COVID we never had online learning and so universities and educators didn't necessarily have that store of information that people could come back to because they would do a lecture 
they would take the, you know, they take the slides or they take their notes and what they were effectively going home with was just their understanding of that session without necessarily having the actual teaching from that session. And so I suppose that if students didn't necessarily have recorded lectures, for example, or if they didn't necessarily have um, a resource that gave them all of those things, that's the kind of thing we were finding. So again, I think if it comes back to anyone watching who's looking from, for some advice, trying to relate it back to what your audience wants, whether that be a patient or whether that be a group of people that you're trying to teach, um, can be really helpful. Speak to, your, speak to your audience, speak to your patient, speak to your followers, whoever they might be, because they may well give you some ideas that could really work for you. Absolutely. Um, I've just so enjoyed being able to have this opportunity to finally like talk to you face like for first oh. face to face, but talk to you interactively, which has been such a pleasure. Um, Thank you. And I will say, yes, the audience that I tend to talk to is mainly osteopathic based and, 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 some, and, and, and a lot of students as well. But I will say that this, you know, even though it's clinical physio as a company, as a web based learning platform, I think most, if not all of the content that you cover is still applicable to osteopaths. So if there is anyone listening there or watching us, you know, do have a look because I still use your resources. Like I have to say your handbooks are so well done. Um, I kind of want to steal some of your graphics in a way because they're (laughs) just that well done. I kind of want to see who does them for you actually. Um, Don't worry, I'll chat to you afterwards about it. Um, But you know, that's very kind. Um, and, And if we can help anyone, even if it's, you know, we're, totally okay with the fact that um you know free might be the the best option for people and if so instagram's obviously completely free and we still run free webinars so um more than happy to help but at the same time you know let me take this opportunity to say thank you so much for bringing us on because you know you you do we do um you do see names and you do recognize names because you see it on the chat or you see it you know, on the webinar list or whatever. And, um, you know, I certainly recognize the name Selvanay Dasani. So thank you. We're very grateful to, to be able to come on and speak to you. Thanks. And just so people know, where can they find you on your website, social media and, and so forth? Thank you. That's very kind. So um, Instagram at Clinical Physio, uh, YouTube, just search Clinical Physio and all of our stuff will come up. Uh, our website is www.clinicalphysio.com and on the homepage there will be a link to the membership if the membership is what you're interested for. Um, but otherwise, if you just go to member.clinicalphysio.com, no www, just member.clinicalphysio.com, that will take you direct to the membership site if you wanted to uh, check all that stuff out. And once again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to speak to you too. Thank you so much. And I'll put all of that down so that people can access that really easily. But thank you so much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us on, Sylvan. Thanks.